0: And welcome in, my friends. You've made it halfway through the week, and all of a sudden, I decided to come back around and ruin things for you. It is Mm. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Oh, we are ready to roll live coast to coast on the BetQL network every single weekday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, and inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free, so download it today and take us with you wherever you're going. BetQL right there by your side helping you make better bets and of course plenty of content along the way on Twitch as well twitch.tv slash BetQL and on YouTube search Odyssey Sports. I'm Chris Mack Aaron and Joe off again this week but luckily my man J-Rod Jim Rodriguez has been holding it down the last couple of days and they decided to let me come back in after a long weekend They let me back in. J-Rod, you let me back in, and I started hitting foul balls and breaking windshields. And we'll get into that stuff, which is just (laughs) such typical spring training (laughs) stuff. Watch where you park. Um, We'll also get into some maybe updated NBA win totals. Noops will join us. Alex Christensen in the middle of the second hour to talk NBA. And as we start to lean into the stretch run of the season, it's not really the second half per se, but uh, the stretch run post-All-Star break gets started tomorrow night and plenty of nfl news especially quarterback related news oh we love to keep an eye on people's social media and who they're following and not following and who needs to get a 60 million dollar a year deal all kinds of stuff we'll get into that in a couple of minutes and ian valentino of pro football network one of their draft analysts will join us in the third and final hour here on betql daily we'll even take a dive into the nl west in a couple of minutes as well the spring training officially underway. But another one of those nights in college basketball, J-Rod. Another one of those nights. First and foremost, uh, let me allow you to gloat, to celebrate. I don't know if you want to take some laps, whatever it may be, as your Blue Jays absolutely dismantle UConn. 85-66. You know, I promised... A couple weeks ago, I was going to give up on college hoops the rest of the regular season. Well, like a dummy, while I was off, there was lots of college hoops to watch. And I nailed that uh, Seton Hall upset over St. John's, which is great. Don't hurt yourself, Pat, in your back, because then you went and took the winnings and you bet it on UConn, you big dummy, Chris. But you're creating Blue Jays. Uh, they remind everyone that the Huskies are human last night, Jay rod
1: that's right. That's right. Yeah, we took we took uh, the Jays money line and we even we sprinkled a little get in the three and a half as well. Listen, proud Creighton alumnus. That's me. And, you know, we've been long suffering. I'm glad to see my NIL money is, is going to good use. I, I'm providing all the shoelaces for all those uh for all those shoes. So no, listen, it, it, it needed to be done. And, you know, it, it was actually a great spot to take Creighton aside from betting with your heart, you know, because UConn, for, for as pristine as that resume is, uh, we were talking before the show, there is a stat that jumps out the page. That was UConn's 19th consecutive road loss against a ranked team. Now, listen, I know it's a conference opponent, and Omaha is not an easy place to play in, but that just kind of, for a team that is so good, had a 14-game winning streak unanimous number one i think we finally found that little sort of dent in the armor that little the 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 pristine cadillac has a scratch on it and you just gotta wonder especially with yukon still having to go to marquette in a couple of weeks what that game is going to be like. But for Creighton, listen, long overdue. First of all, congratulations to to Greg McDermott, his 600th career win. Talk about getting it in style. Uh, It's their first number one, uh, first time they've taken down a number one ever in school history. And it's now nine straight years, 20 wins, nine straight years. Uh, They've beaten a top 10 team and uh, it it definitely sends an impulse. And I think it definitely sends them into, into, into a great momentum. Remember this team was a sweet 16 team. This team almost was, 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 was a, was a wild shot of getting to the final four. I I think, I think Creighton is, is, is definitely on the upswing. And I think that that sort of, trust me, I'm, I'm not, I'm, we're not, we're not here to bury UConn. They're still head and shoulders above everybody, but all of a
0: sudden, you know the king can be beaten. Yeah, I, I think there's. You're right. There's lessons to be learned on both sides from this one. Like you said, a, a little reminder from Creighton. Hey, we're still one of the the teams to beat in the Big East. You know, we're not there with UConn, maybe, but we just destroyed them. So take of that what you will, college basketball world. And from UConn's perspective, maybe it's a wake up call, right? You, you, you absolutely dismantle a couple of opponents yourself. And then you go out on the road and get reminded that you are human. It may be at just the right time for UConn or, and I heard Ken Barkley say this yesterday afternoon on you better, you bet. He said, you know, you, he didn't say this exactly. I'm paraphrasing, but keep an eye on the teams that take all this momentum into say mid to late February, right? Can they keep mm-hmm. it going into their conference tournaments and, and then those are your teams, obviously, that you want to back because they'll be hot. They'll be rolling going into the NCAA tournament. UConn, I'm not saying UConn isn't one of those teams. I still like my UConn future that I, I bring up repeatedly. Again, not to hurt myself by patting myself on the back. Probably will up have coming home now, but here nor there. Um, you know, keep an eye on the momentum factor for these teams down the stretch. Creighton just grabbed some momentum. Let's see if they can take it forward. UConn maybe loses a little bit of steam. Can they regather themselves now after an ugly loss? As for momentum, one we have to talk about, Tennessee is starting to look like a force. Now they've they've looked like a force throughout much of this regular season, but they kind of sleepwalk through the second half or the first half. Pardon me, last night, J. Rod, and then the second half, about say what like. Eh, Eight, nine minutes into the second half, they start to wake up. And they go on a 19-5 to five second half run, and they end up handling Missouri. And look, it's it's tighter than it should have been. It's only a five-point victory, but it's on the road in the SEC, even against Missouri, who is the dregs of the SEC this year. It's still an SEC victory on the road, and Tennessee may be one of those teams that's starting to build some momentum now as we head towards conference tournaments.
1: Yeah, but I think what, what definitely jumps out at you is how poorly Tennessee is starting games. I mean, they, they had 26 points at halftime. You know, granted, it, it, we we all know it, 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 in life as in sports, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, but that's the fourth time this year that they have scored 28 or less in the first half. So maybe something to think about in terms of first half team totals down the road with Tennessee and As we all know, Chris, when you get into the tournament, you really can't have bad halves. You really can't just hope to turn on the lights in the last twenty minutes of a game. Right. And I think yeah, I think it was a result. No disrespect to the people from Columbia. Uh, thank God they were playing Missouri. I don't know if they could recover against anybody else, you know. Right. And, and but that narrative that we've talked about about, you know, ranked teams losing on the road to unranked teams. Listen, conference games are always special. It doesn't matter who how good or how bad you are, but Tennessee for a They seem to have righted the ship a little bit, fifth in the nation. But keep that in mind. Those first half unders for them may be a trend and could bury them
0: come March. Good call. Uh, Baylor, uh, speaking of going on the road, they don't lose to an unranked team, but number 25, BYU. um, And also the Mountain West, to paraphrase the great fallout boy, ain't a scene. It's a hot damn arms race. Uh, San Diego State, after looking great over the weekend, They fall to Utah State. uh, Another upset. So, um, yeah, it's college. It's any given night in college basketball. And this is what we've come to expect here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. As mentioned, we'll dive into uh, an NL West preview in just a couple of minutes. Blake Snell's still out there. Jordan Montgomery's still out there. Belly is still out there. Cody Bellinger, all unsigned. Now 39 days until opening day. Spring training games start. In two days, all of these big name free agents, Boris, still out there looking for jobs. We'll dive into MLB in a couple of minutes. But look, if nothing else, you guys know we love the gossip. Ooh, the social media. Justin Fields has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram, J-Rod. And now everybody in Pittsburgh and Atlanta goes, Ooh, what's that mean for us? Um, What it means is, Look, this is my amateur reading between the lines here. What this means is something's going to get done next week. The scouting combine is in Indy starting on Monday. The bulk of the league, it's GMs, it's coaches, it's player personnel. People are going to come together in the city. Mario's favorite city in the world. Like we talked about last week, they did such a great job with the all-star game an event city, right? Everybody's going to come to Indy and they're going to look to get deals done. And I think the first domino to fall on this offseason, J-Rod, is Justin Fields and whether it's Atlanta or Pittsburgh or somewhere else. Uh, But this is a sign, I think, that Justin Fields and the Bears have talked about what the future holds for him, and it's not staying in Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's 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 so funny that that is now part of journalism, right? That that, so that somewhere in some university or some college, you know, part of journalism, you know, one oh, you know, maybe a two hundred level course, we're gonna explore social media and how to see who a, a, an athlete or who a player follows and unfollows. Listen, I will say this. As of yesterday, CJ Stroud did not follow the Houston Texans on Instagram. So again, Whoa. take it for what you will. Um, but yeah, it, it's sort of like that's kind of like their their you
0: watch. You watch. I'm not I'm gonna
1: unfollow you, and
0: now we'll see what's happening. Yeah, I do think look, on one hand, my my old man shaking fist at cloud inclination is to go. Why would you do this now? Just wait until something official happens, right? Like that's that's what I think our generation was taught was hey, you don't make these kind of things public. Like if you're going to split from the team and the team has told you hey, we're going to look to make a deal at the combine, then okay, just keep your mouth shut, which includes your social media activity, whether that includes likes or follows or whatever, until the deal is done, right? Then you unfollow your former Uh, still current employer on social media if that's the way you want to go about it but listen we also have teenage kids and we know how this works right like social media is real i don't want to say real life but in for for them it can it's real life right it's it's how they get their picture on the world right and so what happens is part of it yeah yeah what happens is you know if you're uh, in your late teens, your early to mid 20s, this is still part of how you i don't know, how you deal with things on a daily basis. So Justin Fields gets told by the Bears perhaps, "Hey, we're moving on from you. We're going to try and get it done at the combine." And he says, "Okay, well, if I'm not going to play for the Bears, bink, I don't follow them anymore on social media." Um it's but, <laughs> it's Chris,
1: I think I, I maybe I'm old school, but I've always thought that the best revenge is success i would not i would Mm -hmm. not unfollow them if i end up going to the steelers or the falcons or whatever and i'm balling out there i definitely want them to to have my instagram and see me living my best life in the triangle or in buckhead i want to see i want to make sure every bears fan or everybody that follows that account sees what i'm doing in atlanta or what i'm doing in pittsburgh yeah right you know that's the best revenge success
0: yeah, it's interesting that with with the quarterback stuff starting to swirl now. and Like I said, I think Fields is the first big domino on this postseason. Um, it, it's it's now circling out towards Dak Prescott as well. People are talking about he could ask to be the, the highest paid Crazy. quarterback in the league at six, 60 mil a year, some people are talking about, and that he holds all the leverage to Cowboys. Look, I, I think there's – The Cowboys would much rather have Dak Prescott than not have Dak Prescott. Like that, that, okay, I'll grant you that. Would it be an uphill battle for them to try and and start over a quarterback? Absolutely. Does Jerry Jones think that they're closer to a championship? Maybe falsely, but closer to a championship than not if they do have Dak Prescott. Yeah, but I don't know if that necessarily means Dak Prescott walks into a room or his agent walks into a room with Jerry Jones and throws down a contract with a blank space on it and says, Uh, Just write in 60 mil there, and get it done.
1: Listen, I've always been let players get their money. You're you're worth what somebody will pay you. That's it. And their window to make money. And and Dak Prescott, you know, off the field, the dude is a $60 million guy, if not more, okay, you know, man of the year and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But they haven't been to a title game. They haven't been to an NFC championship game in almost 30 years. I, I guess I guess I look at it as I could do that with Baker Mayfield. I could I could get to the playoffs and lose with Baker Mayfield. I could do that with 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 Kirk Cousins. Do I right. need to pay sixty million dollars to get bounced in the wild card game? I don't know. I love Dak. I really do. But business is business.
0: Yeah, and what's best for business? I don't think in the Cowboys situation anyway is making Dak the highest paid quarterback in the league. Like you're right. It And it, it's this weird thing where, yeah, you're good. You're, you're very good, in fact, Dak. Like, let's be honest. There were times last year where we were, Dak was involved in, you know, MVP conversations because he was playing that well through the first 10, 11, 12 weeks of the season. But then to your point, you get to the playoffs. And if you can't perform then, then what does it matter, especially for an organization who insists that the goal every year is a Super Bowl trophy, but they've been chasing it now for 30 years and they still haven't captured another one so we had a surprise team in the nl west last year a run to the world series for the arizona diamondbacks and then we've got the team that's supposed to be in the world series every year because they spend everyone's money and then a couple other teams an nl west preview next right here on betql daily presented by betmgm you know there's a very serious conversation we have to have about how you park at ballparks and not so much, like, <laughs> stadiums, like, once the regular season starts, but all the way down to, like, look, uh, I got my uh, my softball hoodie on today uh, here on BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. So, like, yeah, when we buddy. park at my daughter's softball games or you park at a little league field or even, in this case, a minor league park, you better mind where you park because I don't know if anywhere within a certain radius around the field is safe. I'll explain what we mean and how there was evidence of it at the major league level coming up. In 20 minutes when we go off the board here on Beck Daily. Alongside Jim Rodriguez, J-Rod joining me here. I'm Chris Mack. Ian Valentino in the third hour. NFL draft analyst from Pro Football Network to talk Combine. I mean, Combine is now just five days away. The NFL offseason really about to take off. We're only a couple weeks removed from the Super Bowl. Not even two full weeks removed from the Super Bowl. Alex Noops Christensen of BetUS and their NBA show joins us. Uh, In the middle of the second hour as well, after we discuss some NBA win total updates that maybe we like with the stretch run about to begin tomorrow night. But with spring training underway, J-Rod, it's time to start taking a look division by division at what we think of things. And I mentioned earlier off the top, I mean, we're still waiting for so many big names to sign. It's hard. Snell, Montgomery, Bellinger. Uh, It's still hard to get a handle on how to handicap things because you don't know where these guys may land. And when you've got a team in your division like, well, the Dodgers, who has a bottomless pile of cash to spend, they're always in play for seemingly every single one of these names. And you never know who else they may add. And not to mention, you've got a team like the Diamondbacks, right? Who wants to piggyback off of what they accomplished last year, surprising a bunch of people and arriving in the at the World Series. Um, you've got the Padres, who seemingly can't figure out how to put it all together. They collect <laughs> baseball cards, but they don't realize that you have to actually fit them together and make the pieces form a puzzle. Um, and then the Giants, who seemingly are always just kind of sitting there, uh, lingering, yeah. uh, right on the cusp, but maybe not and the Rockies who were in full and total rebuild mode. Um, how do you handicap the NL West coming in this year? Because I still look at it as, Hey, it's the Dodgers division to win, especially when we talk 162 game regular season talent is going to win out. Even despite injuries, um, talent, the, just the amount of talent amassed by the Dodgers, right. Is going to lead them to win the division. It's why they're minus 600 at BetMGM MGM to win the NL West. Now, Regular season, especially in this day and age in Major League Baseball, right? Completely different than postseason. We just got done talking about that with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, right? Once we get to the postseason, things start anew. And you can see what some hot starting pitching can do for you as it did for the Diamondbacks last year. It's almost like the first 162 games are a trial run. Just get yourself through the first 140 or so a few games above 500 and then get hot down the stretch and get into October and see what can happen, which is why I still like the makeup of the Diamondbacks to perhaps be one of those teams that doesn't win its division, but makes some noise in October.
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of handicapping the Dodgers, I mean, I mean clearly from the offensive side of the ball, they, 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 they should be unstoppable, right? I mean, with with Freddie and Mookie, you know, they 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 look like a team that's got all the makings where where they, you know, it may be tough to get an MVP out of the Dodgers just because there's so many guys that could cancel each other. I think where the Dodgers right. sort of come back to earth is is both the starting rotation and the bullpen. I mean. You know, the, the one thing that, that that Andrew Friedman and company and, and, and through Dave Roberts, they, they have they have almost in a genius way. And for me as a fan, it's taken me a second to sort of understand the machinations of just about every player they have can do multiple things multiple mm-hmm. positions, multiple roles, and that's kind of the new age of baseball. That's the way Andrew Friedman likes to to, to, to do it. So Mookie Betts is going to second base. Max Muncy right. can play third. He can play first. And the starting pitching, wow, you know, you've got Glass now and you've got Yamamoto. But remember, Walker Buehler isn't coming back till after the All-Star game. He's coming back from Tommy John. Kershaw is going to be back, but he might not be back after the All-Star game. What kind of role are they going to be in that bullpen Evan Phillips is the closer, and I said it a couple days ago, are you telling me you're – you're? I don't know if I have any confidence game seven or to get two big outs in the ninth inning of a game in Philadelphia uh, Mm -hmm. or in Atlanta, and it's Evan Phillips on the mound. Maybe because I haven't seen it. That's the only thing that gives me pause about the Dodgers uh, and not having another October collapse.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a really good point. I also wonder if it's one of those things, like I mentioned earlier, where – You don't worry about it necessarily until you get to the deadline, right? Like the first three, three and a half months are kind of like a trial balloon. And if you're the Dodgers and as long as you're, say, you know, 10 games over 500, which wouldn't be unrealistic and also wouldn't be a bad spot to be. You're just playing good, solid baseball, right? But you're having issues at the back end of the bullpen. Then you shore that up once the deadline comes along. I think it's more interesting for me for a team like Arizona, 83 and a half wins in most spots. Uh, but still right there behind the Dodgers, for what it's worth, second in this division is a distant second, according to the books. Um, it's a team that I, I think is perfect evidence of why people like the expanded postseason in baseball, right? If if you grew up like we did, with just four teams making the playoffs in Major League Baseball, and again, I'm going to go old man shaking my fist at the cloud here a little bit, but um, you had to be a great team All year long, you couldn't simply get by and then, oh, it's Labor Day. Let's slam on the gas. Let's go. Let's get ourselves into October and stay hot and then show up in the World Series the way the Diamondbacks did. It's a different world now. And I actually prefer it this way, maybe because I've grown up in a city where our team is hardly ever in contention, but it helps to A, keep your team in the conversation throughout the bulk of the summer but then opens the door for an Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, you look at the teams that are somewhere around their win total for this year, and you see Arizona at 83.5, and and this just expands out to the National League. Since he's 82.5, Cubs are 84.5, Mets 82.5, all of these teams, Cardinals 84.5, relatively close to the conversation probably all summer long, right? And as long as you're in that conversation, it gives you the ability to make that Final move, or like I said, for the guys on the field to step on the gas uh, in September and get themselves in. And like I said, I like Arizona to be one of those teams that's right there all summer and have the ability, if nothing else, to step on the gas and and make things happen in October.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 gone away from being the best team in the regular season to being the hottest team in the playoffs. And maybe it was always that way, but you know when when you're telling me that Texas Rangers are the World Series champions were they the best team in baseball? Well, no, they were the hottest team in baseball in October. Same thing with the Diamondbacks. They just found a way to win. I think for Arizona, you know, I think the one thing that they tried to address in the offseason was trying to get some more pop. You know, they got Eugenio Suarez to play third base uh, from the Mariners, 22 home runs, which doesn't seem like a lot of pop today, but this is a team that really was kind of missing that. They were kind of an old school first to third, extra bases, stolen bases. Corbin Carroll at the top of the road you know top of the lineup sort of changing everything and you just got to wonder how in today's game where it's it is their old earl weaver way of sitting back yeah. and waiting for a three-run home run if that's sort of still going to work i mean their pitching is solid we you know merrill kelly zach Gallen, they got they got eduardo rodriguez uh, as, as as a pickup there you just gotta wonder if, if that kind of magic can stick i think it travels i think it stays i think i love arizona at over 83 84 and a half wins i think they're they're right there again i think the national league west is actually going to be more competitive than people think um i think the, the padres i think getting rid of that stink in the clubhouse and i don't mean mm-hmm. any particular player i just think that they let bob the one thing bob melvin did which i was surprised being such a veteran manager he let the he he let the, the, the players run that clubhouse there was no order there was no authority and you just right. simply can't have that uh, especially when you got a bunch of superstars there there there's no there was no order there was no authority there was no adult in the room in that locker room in San Diego and that's why everything went so sour for them
0: yeah, I mean, you've got to have; uh, otherwise, it's just a bunch of sports cars racing down the highway, all in their own lane, and they're not together, trying to actually pull in the same direction. I do like; um, I like the Diamondbacks to get back to the postseason. I think the question is when we talk about, for example, division bets, right? I, if if you can get them right now at what are they? Say twelve to one, somewhere around there to 10 win the to division, one to win the
1: West. 10, Ten to
0: one to win the West is a decent number. I I wonder when the inflection point will be on them. And I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on the Padres or Giants right now, but when the inflection point will be in the West, where we start to see these numbers move. Because based on simply win totals, it should be at least a month, right? At least a month. You could have a great month from Arizona in April and an an exceedingly average month from the Dodgers, right? Let's say the Dodgers play you know, right around 500 in April, which would be a little scary for Dodger fans Surprise, given the yeah. accumulation of talent. Um, and everybody starts to, oh, what's wrong with the Dodgers? And let's say the Diamondbacks played five games over 500 in the first month of the season or get out of the gate really hot. Well, is that the inflection point? Where's Where's a, Is there going to be a better buy point for the Diamondbacks if you really believe that they're capable of winning the division? And if you do believe that the Dodgers really are the team to beat, is there a buy point on them coming back down to earth? Or do you simply say, no, we're never going to get there because the Dodgers are going to have to be in such bad shape for there to be any kind of decent buy point on the Dodgers to win the West?
1: See, I think the Dodgers, and this has actually been a, cr- a criticism of Andrew Friedman and the way he runs, I think that he knows how to build a regular season team. You know, that that's what he does. But then when the season becomes a week long or, or it's three games or it's four games, all of a sudden what works over 162 may not work you know over over the case you know there a buddy of mine has a great analogy the regular season is poker right the regular mm-hmm. season is poker it's tried and true and you don't rush it and if you don't have the cards you you know you, you fold and at the end of it you're gonna you're gonna become on on top while the the playoffs is blackjack Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes if you got a six and the the dealer's showing a ten, you gotta hit and you gotta roll with it because that's what it is. And that's and I don't think Andrew Friedman knows how to play blackjack. I think he's a great poker player and he's shown it for all the for all the success they've had in the regular season. But I don't know if he's been able to build a team built for October, uh, as opposed through you know April and September.
0: Yeah, that and and that's the question with them. All those Jake points out in our our, uh, group chat here during the show. Arizona starts the year two of their first four series against the Rockies. So, a chance to maybe build some steam early on and get things moving in Arizona's direction, which would be further evidence that if you believe in the Diamondbacks to really push the Dodgers in the NL West, a 10 to 1 right now may be the best buy point for you. Uh, because if you really believe they're going to compete, they've got to start hot, and that number is only going to come down. I think, you know, the Dodgers start with. Cardinals, the Giants, the Cubs, the Twins, uh, that could be you're going to be prepared to do some early work in those first four series if you're the Dodgers. Sure. And also and if you don't, uh, the,
1: that Cubs and Twins series are on the road. So as we all know, Chicago in April, yep. Minneapolis in April, that could, you know, that that is not good for 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 if you're not a cold weather team.
0: Well, yeah. And it's, it's a neutralizer too. You know, the Dodgers even more talented than the Cubs or the twins go into those games. And like you said, it's 45 and it's spitting rain sideways and there's, you know, 10,000 people in the ballpark and nobody's up for this game, but we got to play it and we got to show up because if we drop two or three at Wrigley or we drop two or three at target and all of a sudden we come back. And like I said, the first 10 days, 12 days, two weeks of the season have gone by and we're sitting at 500. Well, then everybody already has questions, even if you're only three turns through the rotation. And I'm
1: always curious because the Dodgers and Padres start the season in Korea, right? Mar- mm-hmm. You know, March 22nd and 23rd, I believe they have a two-game series in Korea. I, so I've always wondered, and I've always wanted to see what happens when a team has to hurry up in spring training because you got, you got to play two games at count, spend mm-hmm. a week in Korea, stop, yeah. come back, Pick up spring training for three or four days, and then pick up the regular season. It's we all know athletes, especially baseball players, creatures of habits. Interesting to see how that's going to affect them. And and Dave Roberts has already said that it's probably going to be Yamamoto and Glas now that are going to pitch in that series in Korea.
0: Yeah, that is a weird adjustment to have to make. I mean, it it's good for the fans, and baseball's sure. global now, so that's great. But it is for the teams. It, you almost get in a position where those games don't feel like they matter. And sure it's two out of one sixty-two, So it's not huge, right? It's, it's not a huge percentage of your schedule. But again, when we talk about it from our angle of things, the Dodgers have to come out hot in order for that number to stay at a point on both them and the diamondbacks, or for granted, anybody else that the giants should start hot or the Padres, like you mentioned, should get off to a good start. Do those numbers change? And I just, that ten to one on Arizona might be the one buy point that exists right now for teams in the NL West. We didn't mention the Rockies really at all because well they're the, they're
1: Rockies. the Rockies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry, Denver. I sorry. Uh coming up next. Good meetings, man, speaking though. of baseball, watch where you park the car, okay? We'll explain as we go off the board next on BetQL Daily. And welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, live coast to coast. Aaron and Joe still off. They'll be back next week alongside me, Chris Mack. That's Jim Rodriguez, J-Rod joining me, as well as Noops, Alex Noops Christensen in 40 minutes. And Ian Valentino, NFL Draft Analyst of the Pro Football Network, joins us at the top of the third hour as well. We'll dive back into what to expect once the Combine starts next week. And with Noops, we'll talk the NBA headed down the stretch now with the second half, if you want to call it that, the post-All-Star Game schedule kicking off tomorrow night. But let's go off the board, J-Rod. And look, I mentioned this. There is a tactic, not even a tactic, a strategy, I would like to think, to figure out where you're going to park when you're parking very close to a small baseball field. Look, what do I mean by this? Like When I go down to a game at, say, PNC Park in Pittsburgh, I don't worry about a ball hitting my car, right? Because, like, there is no parking lot within any place where a ball may leave the ballpark and hit my windshield. But, for example, when I go, if I go up to Pitt to watch a, you know, college baseball or softball game, there's a high possibility that the way a ball gets fouled off, it may ksh, hit a windshield. That's the sound of a windshield breaking. It was a very poor sound effect by me. Ksh. Very well, be uh, nice. Th- There's, you know, when I go to softball tournaments with my daughter or you go to a little league field, you look to see where the fields are and you think about where you're going to park. Well, this extends to spring training and it happened twice yesterday, twice, once in the desert, once in Florida. Uh, We've got Lars Newtbar hitting uh, a homer for the Cardinals out of the ballpark. I don't know if it was live BP or what it was, but he hit one out of the ballpark, completely smashed the rear window of someone's car parked beyond the outfield fence. I've seen this happen at Lee Com Park in Bradenton, where the Pirates play. If you park out beyond left field, there's a good chance if somebody runs into one, you may end up with a dent in the hood of your car. Or worse, if you're Hunter Green and (laughs) you're, you're throwing live BP and Ellie De La Cruz fouls one off, and it smashes your windshield. You got to watch where you're parking, is the point here, J Rod.
1: To me, that's that's the wild thing because we oftentimes hear about it's a fan, right? Like that's what happened mm-hmm. in Jupiter with the Cardinals and Lars Newtbar. But this was like the guy pitching Hunter Greed and La Cruz. It's a foul ball, and it and it hits his side window. And it, listen, Elliot Della Cruz doesn't—he ain't making that kind of money yet. So Hunter Green's the one that's going to get paid. Uh, I I think it's great. I think it's a great bonding experience. But it but it, it just reminds <laughs> you also how cool spring training is and how to me how important spring training is that it could be something like that where you have that access to the players to the to the coaches it's something you just don't get during the regular season you know for the most part the players are in a good mood and 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 these funny stories happen but i think you're gonna have to start you know roping some things off because again these are small oftentimes minor league little stadiums where you know they're they're not going to spend all that money to put in these 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 massive parking structures like you do in big league ballparks but that's crazy that it's happened it happened twice both in florida and arizona
0: in a lot of cases you're what you're parking in a maybe a grass lot like i'll reference Lee Con park again in bradenton where you park where the media has to park out in left field it's a grass, like grass slash sand gravel lot, right? It's, it's become sand and gravel over the years from people parking there so much, but it's grass as well. And it's just an open field behind the ballpark. Same thing. I think it's Jupiter where the Cardinals are. Uh, they're on the East side of Florida, I think. And so same thing, you know, somebody just parks in that grass field beyond left field. They don't think anything of it until Lars Newt bar hits a 425 foot shot and they go, Oh no, I parked out there. And then they go check on the car and, Credit to uh, Hunter Green and Ellie De La Cruz for having fun with it, but yeah, they, they posed with it after the fact. No, where you Hopefully, gonna, for Hunter it Green,
1: go? it was a rent, it was a rental and it wasn't his right? actual car. Right. Hopefully, it was a rental and he and he, and he paid the paid the insurance on it. But it's great. But you know, in Jupiter, where the Cardinals and Marlins train, back a right field or like dorms. And, and that's right. where like, because it's also the minor league facility for both places. And I've right. seen, I've seen guys hit balls and break windows into those
0: dorms <laughs> as well. So that you get, it's double the trouble out, out in Jupiter. It, it, there's only two sports where this is a considerable concern. It's baseball and golf. Like that's it. That's all that's like, you don't go to a football game and worry that a punter is going to shank one off the side of his foot. It's going to put a hole in your windshield. You don't go to a hockey game and worry that a puck is going to fly out of the building and damage your car. They put the nets up in fact, so that they don't hit people anymore. Right? Like you don't worry about this stuff until basketball. Oh, if a basketball goes into the stands, nobody's unless somebody's diving into the crowd after the ball, no one's really getting hurt. Um, So this is it. This is, it's baseball and it's golf. And you better look out, you better pay attention and think about where you're going to park. Thank you, Ellie De La Cruz and Lars Nukbar. We also wanted to get to this. (laughs) I don't know how much I believe this, J-Rod. When someone (laughs) says that they really don't know if they want to be honored. It's kind of just them taking the temperature of the room to get a feel for what it would actually be. And LeBron James is, you know, he he said a lot of stuff in the lead up to the All-Star game last week in Indy and in LA before that, before he got there. But he was asked about, like, would you want to do, say, a farewell tour in your final season in the NBA? And look, I think it's silly enough that the Lakers are considering appeasing him by drafting Bronny James, what are you doing? But it's, it's almost as silly that LeBron is pretending like he wouldn't want to do a farewell tour of the league. I mean, come on. He, he wants to do this, right? He's just kind of taking the temperature of the room to feel it out. He said, I haven't mapped out how many seasons I have left one. I I know it's not that many. James said uh, this past Sunday, I'm a Laker. I've been very happy being a Laker the last six years. And hopefully, as long as they draft my kid, it stays that way. You can tell oh, I'm nice. adding some editorial content to these quotes. Um, I don't have the, the answer to how long it'll be or what uniform I'll be wearing. Hopefully. It's with the Lakers. Lakers. It's a great organization. Somebody greats. He says he's 50-50 on whether he wants to have like the farewell tour final season or he wants to, as he put it, Tim Duncan it, and just walk away. I can't. Can you see LeBron James just just deciding to walk away? No way. No way. I mean, that is the classic don't
1: stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yes, tell me how great I am. Yeah, I mean, there's no way. Listen, LeBron, I I get that. The problem when you're LeBron James that he – that humble pie, that humility just doesn't play well with him. And I appreciate him. It's kind of like when A-Rod tries to be humble, right? right. Or, or Or when somebody – I don't believe anything that comes out of LeBron's mouth. And because he's a businessman first. You know, right. yeah, this is the guy that did the decision You know, and now you're going to tell me that he doesn't, of course. And I I think the league, you know, Adam Silver especially, would say, brother, you've got no choice. We are going to honor you. We're going to do a big dog and pony show, everything. Every arena is going to be sold out. Every arena, we're going to do a thing, whether you like it or not and I think deep down inside he loves it now the only problem would be I could see LeBron James almost in a very passive aggressive through Rich Paul kind of telling the teams how they're going to honor him like telling the Hornets listen I don't want a rocking chair what I need you to do is I need you to get me some these custom-made new LeBrons that are coming out I need you to gift those to me That way we can promote kind of like what Taylor Swift did during the Emmy during the Grammys. Right. Oh, thanks for the Grammy. By the way, my new album's coming out. I think that's more what I can see LeBron in some sort of kind of, you know, passive aggressive kind of listen. So this is what we're going to do here in Salt Lake City. Uh, I've got a movie or I'm producing a movie. You're going to give Brawny. That's more where I see LeBron taking
0: stuff. over. You mentioned passive aggressive. Like I just I'll add this layer on top of this conversation. Like, I just think it's another negotiating tactic. He wants the Lakers. He doesn't want to leave LA, okay? He's settled in LA now. We know about his business interests and interests in the entertainment industry and all that. And I got no problem with that. If that's what you want to do, if that's how you want to transition, by all means, hey, go ahead and do that. But he wants to stay in LA in order to make all that happen, which I get, and that includes playing for the Lakers. And that includes... I'd like to do my victory lap, my farewell tour with my son by my side. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the world, Lakers included, uh via the media, well I'm not sure I maybe I'll just walk away someday. And the Lakers go, "Oh, maybe he'll maybe he'll opt out and just walk, walk. maybe he could just walk away from us." Maybe, you know what I mean? It's just a passive aggressive style of negotiating, I think, where LeBron wants things his way. And look, at this point in his career, it's it's his prerogative to try and get as much his way as he can. And that's fine. But this is just another negotiating tactic. To tell people that you'd be willing to just walk away we we know you don't want to just walk away. We know you right. look, if I were in a similar situation, I wouldn't just want to walk away. I'd want to have the farewell tour. I'd want to have the rose petals laid at my feet and I'd want to do it with my kid next to me. Sure, I'd want all that, but there's a difference between wanting all that and expecting it. And these negotiation well, and, tactics and I, and I also or, see, or demanding it, you know?
1: I can also see the the Lakers you know, because of their benevolence, and not because LeBron made them, I can see them having a LeBron night where it's not even a game; it's maybe a sort of a, a, a an an honor to LeBron where they sell tickets to this thing, and you bring right. all of LeBron's friends and coaches and, and ex, you know, and rivals throughout the years, and you have kind of like a like a roast sort of thing, and you sell tickets to that. That I don't think has ever been done, and that I think is more what I'd like. Actually, what I'd like to see, I'd even pay a couple extra bucks to stream that thing.
0: Oh, well, now you've given them all the ideas because that's what see? Spectrum needs to do is charge people more money see? to see things. See? <laughs> um, th- that's. But you're right. Like, there's The Lakers, I think, don't want to be seen as the bad guys in this whole thing, which is sometimes you got to take that stand and you got to be the bad guy. And if you do it the right way, if you stand firm in your position, guess what? Y- you might not even come off as the bad guy as you're worried about looking like. The other party does. And if LeBron decided to just up and walk away from the Lakers and tell whatever team he signed with for a one-year farewell tour deal, hey, you got to take Bronny too, he's going to look like the bad guy. He's going to look like the petulant child, and you'll just look like an organization that stood firm on some kind of principle for the first thing, first time in what, six, seven, eight years? After all Coming he's done next-
1: for that organization, after all he's <laughs> done for that <laughs> in-season tournament
0: title, Tomorrow night, the stretch run of the NBA schedule gets started. What do we think about some of these win to- totals? Is there value out there? We dive into it next on Beck UL Daily.